What is up? And welcome back to another brand new episode of A Brutal Horror, the podcast all about awesome brews and awesome horror. Today is a very special day because I have my very first guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Lauren. And today we are going to be talking about my favorite horror movie of all time, The Evil Dead. So, yes, we are excited. You know, I have been waiting to have a guest on the show for quite some time. And, you know, this is going to be a fun experiment because, you know, doing this all with one microphone and you know, no headphones. So we're doing this like, speaking of, I mean, since we're doing The Evil Dead, we're doing this very like DIY right now. So, I mean, that is pretty awesome. I have my laptop just sitting here with this microphone and, you know, but we are drinking some coffee provided by Lauren. If you'd like to explain about our drink selection right now. Oh, sure. Um, so I actually provided us with a new coffee um, from Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing, which is in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And they started doing a black uh, coffee canned. I think they're doing a sweetened version now. Um, and it's like a cold brew process. And it's a nice, strong cup of uh, coffee. Comes in cans. It's totally non-alcoholic. So keeping in the spirit of dry January. So, yeah. And it's pretty awesome, too, that, you know, Lauren is the first guest because it definitely fits in with the whole brutal aspect of it. So Lauren currently works at Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing. I think usually on the weekends you can find her there for at least, you know, the next month and a half. Uh, unfortunate news, you know, with uh, Forgotten Boardwalk. But, you know, they are closing down. So, but she also used to work at a coffee shop up in Princeton, New Jersey. So she has kind of given me some coffee insights and you know, things of that nature. So it is definitely awesome. And I mean, it definitely works for fitting with the, the brutal aspect of things. So, but since, like I said, no idea, this the whole thing with a guest. So we're just kind of winging it. We're just going to have fun. But one of the things that, you know, we will do with any guests, especially the first time is kind of get to know them, you know, their, you know, what kind of movies and things that they are fans of, you know, music things just you know kind of get to know them throw a little bit of that thursday atmosphere into you know a monday but so but uh for anybody who doesn't know lauren since you know some people in our friend group you know do know her uh i met lauren through was it we meet at forgotten boardwalk or do we meet through bob probably um well both yeah, yeah. i think um what was it New Year's Eve? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, not last, yeah, 2022 New Year's Eve. Um, we all got together. And I think that might have been the first time. Or was it uh, Franksgiving? It oh, was yeah. the first Franksgiving, actually. So, yes. So, we met at the Franksgiving 2022, which was the first ever Franksgiving. Um, yes, uh, that is how we met. And then we kind of started getting to chat at forgotten boardwalk um basically because lauren's boyfriend bob you know he likes to bring everybody into conversations and kind of get everybody 
to know each other's friends. So we definitely come from a cool group of friends. And, you know, Lauren is definitely a big fan of classic horror. If I'm, you know, that's mostly her jam. So, but uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit, you know, about yourself. About myself. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, definitely really stoked that we picked Evil Dead. Um, my first... I would say it's my absolute favorite horror movie. Um, rewatched it last night. I think I told you the the saga of trying to rewatch <laughs> it. <laughs> I have it on DVD. I didn't want to get out of bed to go watch it on the other on the DVD player. So the whole big thing ended up uh, watching it last night. And that is something it's a movie I always go back to. Um, if people don't if the people aren't familiar with it, I always recommend it to them. It is I was into horror before seeing Evil Dead, but the first time I saw Evil Dead, it was like, wow, this is awesome. It, it's what really started my interest in horror, my interest in filmmaking, my interest in special effects, practical effects. Like that movie really just set that interest off for me. Like that was that for me. Um, as far as everything else goes, uh, yeah, like you said, I work on the I work at the brewery for the time being, <laughs> on the weekends, and I have my own business and keep myself busy, pretty much. So, but well, I mean, so enough of the little you know chit chat. Well, you know, tell us also since one of the big things when it comes to me, anybody who knows me, big fan of music. Um, we were actually just talking about some music earlier, um, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely a bunch of shows coming up that we were looking forward to and playing a game of can I afford them all? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what's something that you're, uh, you're currently listening to? And also, you know, what is something that you are currently watching, whether horror related or not horror related or something you've seen recently? Since... What I've been watching. So I actually started... I watched one episode of a show of a Netflix show called The Curse. Um, I think it's fairly new, but Emma Stone is in it. And also Nathan. Uh, he, he did that show, Nathan For You. Mm, I've heard of like it, a, but I don't know. Yeah, it's that actor. Um, and they're like the premise of the show is they are a couple who are coming in they're they're make it's kind of like the um you know like the home renovation people okay um you know the couple that does like the home renovation in texas and like they've become like a huge mask company like magnolia company the the, the husband like chip something and yeah magnolia. yeah oh the the gains yeah okay, it's kind of yeah. like a spinoff on that so there's like this couple that are coming in and they're building these sustainable houses um, in this community in New Mexico, and then they're trying to get this show off the ground. But um, his character ends up making a mistake and getting cursed, and it's progressing from there. But I've only watched the one episode so far, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I remember seeing like the trailers for it, but I was like, I have no idea if this is supposed to be a comedy or like a drama, or I mean, it was called The Curse, and the way he's, I mean, is it horror elements, or is it just basically, uh, dramedy dramedy there's um, yeah there's no horror elements at all so far um but i was also watching brand new cherry flavor have you seen that that's also on netflix i have never even heard of that in it popped up and it was interesting and it got real weird it's definitely like a horror 
kind of have horror elements to it. Yeah, I have to look into that one. I mean, really, the only thing I've been watching, if I'm just looking for something quick and easy, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, the Broken Lizard crew, mm-hmm. and uh, Netflix just added Tacoma FD, which is uh, I can't think of their name, but it's Farva and I know I think the other actor's name is uh, Steve Lemke. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Heffernan might be the, but yeah, it's and basically they're, you know, they work for a fire department in Tacoma, Washington, and I mean it, it's you know, it's Broken Lizard. Just some some of the other characters uh, will pop in from time to time and things like that. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much my uh, my go to now. I, I like short, easy. Don't have to think about anything comedy. That's kind of like my thing, but. Yeah, I've been rewatching the 90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> as like background noise. And um, it's like that was my that was my jam as a child. <laughs> like I think that hit peak uh, level like 12, 13 when that came out. So that was. Well, I mean, um, since, you know, we're not far different in age. I mean, because I remember watching Sabrina back in the 90s. It was a. Uh, what did they call it? it? Was like the Friday night lineup on like ABC. It was like Boy Meets World. Was it ABC or NBC? It's yeah, like Boy Meets World, um, Sabrina, and then you had your other couple shows. There was like one which nobody remembers this show, and I would probably have to Google it to remember. But and it was I think it only lasted for like a season or two. But basically, this kid dies from eating a detainted burger and comes back as his friend's guardian angel. I was going to say, I was like, please talk about Teen Angel. Is that what it was called? It was called Teen Angel. And it was just like the most ridiculous premise. He just like, but I don't remember anything. I just remember watching it Friday night because it was like the first show on that Friday night like lineup. And, but yeah, that, yeah, because it was like Friday nights in the 90s, you had that whole like slew of shows. And then Saturday nights, if you had Nickelodeon, you were all about Snick. So you had your like all that. Your Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which, uh, which yeah, I do from time to time. I have been watching because Paramount Plus has some old episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but they only have certain episodes. Like you can't watch the entire series, which I hate because I was trying to find the Ryan Gosling episode not too long ago. Mm. But all of the the ones with like the big stars. Paramount Plus is like, oh, no, we're not going to put that on here for free, even yeah. though you're paying five bucks. Even a couple of years ago, they were still on there because I remember mm-hmm. watching them and going back and seeing those episodes. Uh, Teen Angel. I am really I think it's really funny that you mentioned that because that's the that's the show. And you're like, no one's going to know what this um, what I'm talking yeah. about. It's like, please talk about Teen Angel. <laughs> and I, if I think I remember correctly, his grandfather could see him, too, because his grandfather was like old death or something like that it's possible i wonder if we could find teen angel somewhere <laughs> <laughs> probably i wonder if like even like the people that did that show are like do we remember making this show <laughs> they're like oh yeah that that happened so but i mean because it's just like you know yeah like all these other people now coming back like i'm surprised that some of these like shows that were kind of like out of nowhere they didn't try to bring back or do something more in today's times, you know, because I had to do like, you know, the 
sequel to Full House or whatever. And then, you know, we had Girl Meets World and all that fun stuff. I'm surprised they didn't just like grab some random show from the 90s, either redo it or just make a sequel and just try to bring back the people that, you know, hey, you haven't been doing anything for like 25 years. Come back and try acting again. How about we reboot Teen Angel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I actually recently changed my mind on reboots and and remakes and and things like that. I I used to be very, I guess, grumpy about them like people Mm -hmm. get. And recently it's like, you know what? Just let it go. Uh, If somebody remakes a movie, it's not going to undo the original. You can always go back and watch it. And it's a way, I think, to bring a newer audience into the movies you know somebody kids might not know evil dead but evil dead rise just came out which was great i rewatched that too recently um but you know kids are going to see that in, in theaters and then they'll go and see the original you know and it's a way to get people in and keep the franchise alive and, and just keep these movies in people's minds so i think it can it can be a good thing um obviously it can go very wrong and i don't think that People always, no one's ever going to be fully happy, you know, when you love, when you love something so much and somebody remakes it in the way that you don't like, of course, it's going to upset you. It's like, wait, that's not how I would have done it. I mean, going into like, I don't know if too many people that, I mean, it's quite possible. I'm sure there are, you know, people, but like, you're going to take, you know, their kids into, you know, something like Evil Dead Rise, but I, uh, sorry, I, anyone who's younger than me and I refer to as a kid, I'm like, wait, you're 29 yet. You're a kid. <laughs> but, but yeah, cause I mean, I can't really say, you know, anything different because I mean, I remember when I went to see the movie X, like that one that came out, it's been like two years now mm-hmm. that the Ty West movie about the, the pretty much Texas chainsaw massacre inspired movie about the adult film stars and Mia goth, but I went with my two youngest brothers, which I can't really, because, you know, they're in their 20s, so they're they're not young, but there was a woman with real young kids in that movie, and we're just like, are you fucking serious? Like, is, I don't know if, like, your kids should be in here for this movie, but, you know. <laughs> I'm surprised they let them, well, I don't think they can tell people you can't bring your no, kids. No, because it's like the whole, like radar you know under 18 or whatever like parental guidance so that's yeah i remember when i went to see the batman that came out a couple years ago uh with robert pattinson okay i haven't yeah, seen that one yet there was it, i mean it was it was fine i'm not huge into to super into like the superhero movies or the batman movies you know um it was enjoyable you know uh, i don't think before that the last bat movie batman movie i'd seen was from the 90s the uh uh with uh what's his face from you know who i'm talking about i, I don't know you're just making <laughs> i'm just making uh, you know the guy with the chin the actor with the chin um you're talking about george clooney i'm talking about george clooney oh uh that was was, um, was that Batman Forever? Batman? Yeah, it yeah. was, uh, no. Yeah, there's there's been so many, because he was in the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was, so was Batman, Batman Returns. Batman Forever, I think, was the one with Riddler, with Jim Carrey mm-hmm. and Val Kilmer. 
And then there was Batman that nobody cares to remember with Uma Thurman. I loved Uma Thurman <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> As a child seeing her, I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and then I remember correctly, like, my childhood crush Alicia Silverstone even was in that, yes, that movie. Yep. And I still don't really even remember anything about it. And those were, those were the only Batman movies that I had seen up until yeah. that point but there was an eight-year-old kid uh, behind me in the theater and i was like oh that kid is not gonna have a good time <laughs> no because if i remember correctly like isn't like the new well like i said i haven't seen the batman yet but it's more of like a detective story instead of like in your face action and and it's more of a an adult story as far as the pacing and everything it's not really a superhero mm-hmm. movie for kids you know so, but i mean i feel like if it's pg-13 it's kind of considered for kids because all of the Marvel movies are PG-13. The only ones that really aren't for kids, which I'm glad that, you know, even with the Disney, uh, ac- I can't think of the word, acclamation, is that it? Disneyfication. Whatever, <laughs> them getting 20th yeah. Century Fox or whatever, um, that they're still not, you know, they're not making Ryan Reynolds dumb down Deadpool because, you know, now that the writer strike is over i think we're finally getting back to deadpool 3 and hugh jackman came back for it and that just excites the hell out of me because i just know they're gonna be the movie just be them like bickering back and forth the entire <laughs> movie and it's just gonna be great i know nothing about deadpool but i'd give it a shot so uh i mean he's called the merc with the mouth because you know he, yeah it, he definitely makes those movies like Rated R. And, <laughs> you know, Ryan Reynolds just that's his his bread and butter. So but let's get into today's movie topic because we could probably, you know, talk quite a bit about this movie. The Evil Dead from 1981, which I watched last night as well. Also had a bit of a tough time watching it because I tried to rent it on Amazon and I use my parents' account because you know they have Amazon Prime already, and so they just added me as a person to be able to watch the streaming service. And there was a whole bunch of shit that went on with trying to rent that, but finally did it. And yeah, it was. I mean, I know people like love this movie, and but I have to say it was probably my second or third time ever watching the original Evil Dead. I haven't seen you know originals too well i think out of the three uh ash movies you know i've seen army of darkness probably more than any just because they used to put that that movie on tv all the time well army of darkness is also great (laughs) so but um but yeah like it's like i said it definitely is you can see the the trend that kind of started off with know the evil dead and what kind of came from it i mean 80s were just a a magical time for horror in my opinion like the late 70s and the 80s because everything was just very diy because also horror wasn't as violent as it became in the 80s like you know in the 70s you know you had movies like exorcist the omen like you're, you're like on the edge of your seat kind of like creepy Stuff like that, whereas like then in you know, 78 when Halloween came out, and then in the 80s when you know 
Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that was when like horror was just like you know what let's be fucking violent and just you know as much blood as possible because they didn't even have like proper fake blood. I mean, if I remember correctly, watching some movies from the seventies even where they're like blood, it looked like the weirdest like you know vivid acid trip blood that just looked fake like I don't know red paint. Mm, yeah, very colorized and very... I'm sure that has to do with the film quality, the way those, the film was processed. But, um, I mean, I know, too, that there was, like... Because I forget, somebody had done it in a movie. And I remember because there's a... If I remember correctly, because there's a... Was it a... Getting old sucks because I forget words. <laughs> a documentary about yeah. Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's in the, the documentary about Thomas Savini there. He talks about where he got like the recipe for blood because he had done work on Tom Savini did work on Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that was the late seventies still. And the blood in that even looked like that weird, like acid trip kind of blood. Um, but yeah, the film quality probably had a, thing to it but but there was like a somebody came up with a recipe and it it made it what it looks like now but even reading about you know for the evil dead because i'm one of those you know imdb like i have to read the trivia like if i'm watching a movie bet your ass i'm on imdb looking stuff up and especially you know now with this you know i get to now use my nerdism for fun (laughs) and look up you know the fun little things but they used what was it Food coloring, caro syrup, and something else to make the the fake blood for for this movie. And it was funny because reading that Bruce Campbell had so much, like, because at the end of the movie, he's pretty much covered in the shit. And so between takes, he would take his shirt off and put it by the fire to, like, kind of, like, dry it out so that it wasn't all wet. And, like, and because of everything, like, his shirt would get so stiff and hard that it would start to like deteriorate when he put it back on. So he had multiple different outfits just because at the end of the movie, he's just so caked in fake blood. <laughs> That's actually something. Um, so I, when I did my fake blood for my skinless Frank costume, it was, yeah, it was corn syrup, red food coloring, blue food coloring, and cornstarch to thicken it. So, and I think that looked pretty realistic. But, well, yeah, I mean, because, uh, I mean, being a, a horror person, I mean, most people should probably know, you know, Scream, and there's a whole little line in Scream where uh, Skeet Ulrich, you know, at the end, you know, corn syrup, what they use for pig's blood and carry. So, I mean, there you go, you kind of... Did a Brian De Palma there? I have hot takes on Scream. You know, I'm not gonna talk about it. I like the original, the the first movie, um, the franchise overall. Uh... <laughs> uh, I mean, there are some. I would have to say yes, I agree. Like you know, the original is great, and you know, then it kind of starts to go downhill. But in my opinion, I think five and six kind of really brought it back. In my opinion, I mean six the most recent one is without a doubt like the most brutal ghost face like out of the entire 
the entire series and you know now we just gotta wait and see if we're gonna see a part seven since you know a lot of shit went down with the scream series so oh, yeah not up to date on that but <laughs> going back to evil dead so it's not up there on like one of your top horror movies which is fine everyone's you know into their own thing but do you find it when you rewatched it last night do you find that it still holds up as a as a scary movie for you or um so as a as a movie like it holds up like i'm very big like i i can see where the hype went you know with it being from the 80s and especially everything that went behind the movie like the story knowing that you know they pretty much went in with a shoestring budget that i mean because sam raimi was 20 years old when they started principal photography on the movie i know that they were pretty you know they were all pretty young and it was definitely that's one of the biggest things that that gets me about the movie is reading um i know we were talking before about bruce campbell's book if chins could kill so you should definitely you know check that out but he he talks about um like the, the camera rigs and and the tricks that they use to get some of these shots and it's just really impressive. And that's one of the reasons that I love horror movies. It's how are we make, how do we make this movie happen? And instead of trying to turn to, you know, the solution, I mean, obviously uh, computer effects didn't really exist at that point. So you're turning to practical effects, but like the ingenuity of, of filmmaking on a low budget and the quality the story that came out of that, I, I think is incredible. You know, like you can, you can watch it and you definitely see, You'll see goofs here and there. Um, I, I I had the you know the opportunity to see it in theaters a couple of years ago. It came out um, as like an anniversary release, and that was really cool to be able to see it on a big screen. But you catch like you know ceilings here and there. But if you can let that stuff go, I think overall you know the movie's great. Sometimes people go into they watch older horror movies, and I think they they hold them to a new movie standard with a higher budget. Oh, no. I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, and, you know, being a fan of, you know, 80s horror and stuff like that and 80s movies in general, like, yeah, you see the, you know, there's definitely a, a cheesiness factor in a lot of um, a lot of things with the 80s. I mean, when I was just down in Virginia, rewatched uh, Poltergeist with my mom because, you know, she wanted to have a horror night and Poltergeist is my favorite movie like of all time not even just my favorite like horror movie but it's like going back and you know watching like yeah total cheesiness like there's a lot of like yeah i mean but there's just something about it that you know that holds up but but yeah i mean getting back to what you were saying like yeah it, i definitely feel it it holds up i mean um in my opinion and you know i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree and it's not just you know whatever coming from a you know newer older standpoint but like if i had to choose i think i would pick the, the 2013 remake over the 1981 but i mean like i said for what the 81 version did for not just you know being that movie in general but for what it also did for i mean because yeah in movies like Friday the 13th, it kind of started the, you know, the slasher in, in the summer camp type, you know, trope. Whereas I think Evil Dead kind of started the you know, cabin in the middle of nowhere with, you know, demons and evil kind of trope. I mean, and I feel like 
without Evil Dead, we wouldn't have had, you know, movies like Cabin in the Woods or, you know, some of the other ones. And, you know, the fact that, you know, for a while, Evil Dead was considered a quote unquote video nasty back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was. I know they had a lot of trouble releasing it in England. I don't know how much of a release there was or if it ended up being released at all. I know it still has an um it still has an NC seventeen rating, I believe. Uh I know that they had to, I believe, cut some stuff down for theatrical when it came out. I'm uh I think for them to get a wider audience, I think they had to cut some stuff down. Uh because I know uh what was I reading that um New Line Cinema, I think, put it out back in the 80s. Um, And actually, like, it's crazy because the movie is 86 minutes. And at the opening premiere, they told them that they had to cut down or like a like Lynn Shay's, I think it's her brother that was the owner of New Line or whatever. Told them they had to cut some stuff because people were like laughing and calling out stuff at the screen on like the first uh, viewing of it. But then the, like after that, like shows were like sold out. But yeah, I mean, imagine if they had had to make more cuts just to kind of cut the stuff out that people were finding hilarious in the movie and take an 86 minute movie to, I don't know, even shorter than that. Would that really even be considered a movie or would it have just been, a very long short film. I mean, yeah, like an hour. I mean, I've I've definitely watched some lower budget movies that are sit just an hour. But I think I, sometimes I think it's it's better to make a shorter movie that tells the story correctly than to stretch a movie yeah. out. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, going to that, I actually have to say there is actually one movie. It's on it's on Shutter because I believe it's a Shutter original that was filmed at the time of the pandemic. It's. I think the movie's only like 55 minutes, not even like a full hour, but it's called The Host or Host, and it's all done on webcams, and it was actually a really good movie. I mean, but, I mean, it really wasn't a, a full-length movie, but, but yeah, because actually I think the funny thing or the crazy thing is all the Evil Dead movies were kind of on the shorter side. Looking, when I was doing some little information looking for the 2013 Evil Dead, since I watched both of them last night, the original and the remake. The remake is actually the longest one <laughs> so far. I don't know how long uh, Evil Dead Rise is. I didn't look to see, but at least as of 2013, um, yeah, that was actually the longest one, and that's 90 minutes. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean, for what, you know, young kids did you know for the time i mean shit like they pretty much almost killed themselves doing like to make this movie and the fact is i don't know if i'm maybe i'm wrong but i think this was bruce campbell's first movie i know um i believe so i know that they would do a bunch of shorts and everything um obviously i mean i'm sure you know that they 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 were friends since childhood (laughs) And I think, you know, Evil Dead, as, as it progressed, it just became a, how can we torture Bruce? 
uh, you know, what Sam could come up with to torture Bruce and then his brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, um, yeah. And reading it, like the, the informational and stuff, like Bruce Campbell pretty much only became, you know, an actor or was in Sam Raimi's films because, you know, out of the friend group, like Bruce Campbell was the one that all the girls found attractive. And so they're like, oh, hey, well, he's the one that's going to be in the movie since... He's going to be the one that's going to get people coming in to see these. So, <laughs> yeah. And then they were all fan, real big fans of Three Stooges. So all of the, the, the you know, the, the falls and the like, the physical comedy and the, the physical acting. Bruce Campbell used to practice that as a kid, and they would practice, you know, uh, Three Stooges falls and, and tricks and stuff. So you know, he's we had a we rewatched. Uh, evil dead a couple months ago with uh julia because she had never seen it before and uh we, we the joke was the only thing that can stop bruce campbell is a bookshelf because he kept getting <laughs> caught up in the bookshelves that, that is one thing that actually i wanted to like that i thought about last night too like when i watched it it's like it's like he's the one who survives yet every like every turn of things he gets knocked down and something falls on him and then he can't get out i'm just like <laughs> How how did he survive this whole like ordeal? But trapped under a bookcase. Yeah. But one of the things like in not just like Bruce Campbell, but, like that I also found interesting was like I said, it's been a while since I've seen Evil Dead Two, and it's been a couple years since I've seen Army of Darkness. Um, so the way that the I don't know what what would you really would you call it curse a virus or whatever like how how the the dead it's the they resurrected the dead by reading the book that's why you never read out loud from a book well no and it's like well well it's a creepy book (laughs) well because so in the original one like because it possesses cheryl first Mm -hmm. but then it's just like it floats into another one uh because it hit um was the character's name scott is that scott yeah it was his well, I guess they weren't girlfriends if they said like friends, like because it just kind of like jumped into her. Um, whereas in the remake and even in Evil Dead Rise, for the for somebody to get possessed, like they have to be like scratched or there has to be like some sort of like fluid exchange, almost like the zombie virus. It's the, the same in the in the first one. Um Linda gets stabbed with a pencil in her mm ankle (laughs) and then uh you know cheryl gets attacked by the trees and shelly gets it you don't we don't see shelly get attacked she goes in the other room and you hear a crash and then scotty goes to investigate and can't find her but um well but in that same in that same aspect though the fact that because Ash gets scratched, like, when he's going down the steps. And it's like, so how come he doesn't, you know, become a deadite or whatever? Like, it's just like, hey, he, you know, just kind of makes it out. And, like, so there's, there's like, some things. and But does he make it out? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, that is, like, one of those, like, kind of, like, up-in-the-air things, given the ending. but But, no, I mean... And as much as, you know, you can talk shit about, like, with horror, I think it's easy to pick things apart just because 
you wouldn't really have a story if there wasn't stupidity or questionable things. So, you know, like with, I was saying, you know, in last week's episode, when I was talking about, you know, Evil Dead Rise and like some horror movie tropes, like in, in the remake, basically it's like, you know, the character Eric like starts everything off because he reads from the book and it's like, you know, he's sitting in a room by himself and he opens his book that's wrapped in barbed wire and a, a plastic trash bag, which also why the people who, you know, put the book there just left it there instead of burying it somewhere so that nobody else could find it. No, they just left it there. But he's sitting in a room all by himself and just reading the book and then he just reads the words aloud. It's like, who sits there when you're reading? Like, I don't sit there and, you know, read something. Like, right now I'm reading a book by Rob Sheffield. Like, I'm not like, and then he went and did karaoke. And then, like, no, who sits there? Like, and, but, you know, in this one, it's, you know, they, they find the tapes, you know, the, the recording. And they play the recording, even though, is it Cheryl that's having the, the freak out that... You know turn it off turn it off so uh but then scott's like oh no like i was just having fun blah blah, blah like and so that's how you know that all happens but then again too in that same you know retrospect of preventing things where you know that whole questionable you know and in horror movies people who did the recordings why didn't they just destroy the recording so nobody knew how to you know unleash this thing because it never would have or destroy the yeah. book yeah, yeah. <laughs> But. I actually, I you were talking last week or one of your other episodes about doing uh, sketches, like sketch comedy. And I've always thought it'd be a funny idea to do le like horror movie, re like short little horror movie remakes, but that at the point where it becomes a horror movie, the characters make the decision that leads to it to not be a horror movie. And then the sketch ascends. Like, oh, we found this book. Let's not read from it. And then, like, the sketch just ends with them, like, sitting in a cabin by the fire, having a good night. You know? Well, I mean, like, that's kind of how, I mean, and one of the things that I love about, you know, the movie Cabin in the Woods is it's pretty much it's just saying that, you know, here's these horror movie tropes. But, you know, we need people to be stupid to do this so that, you know, the, I mean, have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, so these, you know old gods don't destroy the earth so we have to have these stupid teenagers or stupid people do stupid things but yeah so yeah because i mean i feel like there is a lot of you know i can't really think like off the, the top of my head of like other horror movies where you know the stupidity could have been avoided but i mean it's, it's definitely there but with yeah and then with, you know, the Evil Dead, what are your thoughts on how it kind of progressed? Because so with the first one being pretty much a straightforward horror movie, and then, you know, the sequel started really going into the, the comedy route, you know, where like Ash was more of a, you know, jokester, I guess. I mean, and that just kind of became, I guess, Bruce Campbell's personality yeah definitely like the character of of ash and who people think of as ash definitely started coming about more in the second one and i i, I love evil dead too i think it's great 
And I, I don't have any reason to compare them against each other. I mean, they're, they're telling essentially the same story in a different way. And it, it's a whole different feel again with the, with the practical effects and all of the little tips and tricks that they did. And, and just like the way that they would pull off some of, you know, um, the 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 stunts and the, the the makeup and and everything is just the most create some of the most creative filmmaking and it's fun and I love campy horror and I I think that's a great niche and then of course you know you move on to Army of Darkness which isn't necessarily a horror movie but still a lot of fun yeah I feel like Army of Darkness is pretty much it's like a comedy with some fantasy slash horror elements I mean you kind of really only get in my opinion, like, because even with, you know, the the main bad guy in Army of Darkness, which was like that skull guy or whatever, like yeah, Evil Ash. Yeah, like it kind of like reminded me more of something like, you know, you would have like a comical Lord of the Rings. Whereas like, I feel like the only horror element, true horror element is like the beginning and the end with the Deadite and, and the S-Smart or... Yeah. Yeah, smart, yeah. Definitely. I mean, fun time. <laughs> and the the skeletons, the skeleton army makes me irrationally happy. <laughs> there's something about there's something about an animated skeleton that just that makes sense. But but no, I mean, because even like with what, you know, the Evil Dead became known for because of that whole comedy aspect with, you know, what Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness kind of brought into it. I mean, because even when I went to see the remake because i'd gone to see it like uh the girl i was dating at the time like she was a huge evil dead fan like she was super into it like and so we went i want to say maybe we went opening night but i don't think it was it was definitely opening weekend we went to see it and i mean looking at the trailers like it's definitely like you know crazy and i i remember being just like my mind was just like blown i'm like wow like there was like no comedy in this at all which is like straight you know gut punch and just but I mean, and it's awesome that, you know, because I don't think pretty much other than the first Evil Dead, I don't even know if Bruce Campbell ever did like a serious movie. Like, I mean, he's done a, I mean, he's definitely acted. I mean, he was in uh, Mani- the first two Maniac Cops. If you've seen them. Uh, uh, no, I don't think I have. So he was in there. And I mean, that was more of, I mean, guess, yeah, yeah a serious role. Well, I mean, it's a horror movie. Um, he was in. I mean, he's he's done a bunch of like one-off stuff. He was in that series uh, on Burn Notice. Okay. Which I saw a couple episodes of, but he was the only reason I had to watch it. <laughs> it wasn't because Maniac Cop wasn't Ted Raimi in one of those. I believe so. Yeah. But but no, like and like you know the fact that much like Bruce Campbell just built a career out of you know just being a goofball i mean the fact that it's pretty much you know a, what is it my name is bruce was it the movie like where he just has a whole movie where he plays himself and the town wants his help i want to say the the villain was a, a resurrected mummy ghost or something like that in that movie yeah i mean it's it's funny because i think that's I think that there is a lot of actors, particularly in, in the horror genre, that kind of get stuck in one role, you know, and it's like, I, I, I'm i sure that they're happy to have that legacy, but also you want the opportunity to 
you know, have more roles. I'm actually surprised that Bruce Campbell didn't get more movies. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like because other than really working with like Sam Raimi, he just kind of really wasn't. I mean, he, like I said, he had the his other movies, but there was never he was never like an A list actor because I think other than his cameos in Raimi films, everything he did was pretty much like a a B movie that went to DVD like Bubba Hotep and you know, My Name Is Bruce like, and there was uh there was a series he did like a western series. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It was uh Briscoe County or something. Okay, yeah, it was like Adventures of Briscoe, Briscoe County. County. Yep, yep, yeah. So he he did that. I've actually never seen that, but you know he's 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 done some stuff, but I definitely mostly recognizable for Ash. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah, the fact too, like the fact that other than being the lead in the movie, though, the thing that was crazy, like, I mean, it was awesome because it shows how dedicated he was, like how much he did behind the scenes with, with the movie. Like, you know, he, cause I think they said that the principal filming only took maybe like two or three weeks. Like it really didn't take long. They filmed uh, into like, it was like end of 1979 into 1980 i know that they i know that they had a lot of the close-up and detail shots are different actors and there's a couple yeah. shots um like you'll see like a close-up of hands a lot of like the hands close-ups or sam's hands okay <laughs> um i know there's a shot when they're pulling up to the cabin and it's actually sam raimi in the front seat of the car i know that because i i was gonna like rewatch it again this morning but like i know too apparently in the beginning when they pass like the, the two guys like fishing on the side like one of them is sam raimi yep that's sam raimi and uh robert uh, tapper who is the producer yeah so one of the, the interesting things that i found out about uh tapper or whatever um so he's married to lucy lawless yes which explains i guess that's how she kind of got into uh Ash vs. Evil Dead. Or... And then Sam Raimi being involved with Xena. Warrior Princess, yeah. But and it was funny because apparently that when the movie came out, Lucy Lawless saw it and was so appalled by the most infamous scene in the movie that kind of became a... The tree scene. Yeah, the tree <laughs> scene. She was so appalled and was like, I can't believe somebody did this. Like, this is... I am, And she ends up marrying the person who actually said... Do this in the movie. Yeah, yeah it, it was him. He's like, yeah. we got to make this scene more brutal. Yeah, because Bridget's just supposed to be like, hey, okay, like the tree is just attack her. And he was like, nope. We got to go further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, again, I mean, going back, watching things in a different lens, um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't steer anyone away from this movie. I, I unless I, you know, was like, you know what, I don't think that this is something that you're gonna be comfortable with, you know, or maybe go into it knowing that, you know, you might be prepared yeah. for something. It, it affects, you know, people in different ways, I guess. But I guess I you know, and, and I think, you know, they've come out and more and, and said that they kind of regret taking it to that extent. But yeah, I mean, um like, you know, Sam Raimi like has apologized and said like yeah maybe like you know they shouldn't have done that like if they you know 
went back and like did it over again like they wouldn't but i mean but another like crazy thing is like it's you know it's kind of become i think one of the most infamous scenes in horror films and also i mean the crazy thing is that with as much controversy surrounded the movie back then i mean like i think looking at today's standards it really wouldn't be as extreme like it's not considered like as an extreme movie as it was back then but you know it's on a list of like movies you need to see before you die which is you know it's crazy um but yeah so i mean you talked about you know aging well and things like you know there's definitely parts in it where you know you kind of look and i mean because every time I, I watch, I still remember watching it the first time and the end where, you know, the the deadites, well, they weren't called deadites back then. They were the dead. They start like melting. And I'm like, they look like claymation figures. That then... is. And like, this is in my defense. That's one of the reasons I love this movie is I think that's like one of the single greatest yeah. scenes in any horror movie it's just that stop motion melting it's the most creepy unsettling like just throughout that movie that that the death scene of them all melting down is it's disgusting it's creepy it's creative uh and it just it really sticks with you you remember that scene and it, it definitely uh, stop motion in general, I just think is re is really creepy. Well, I mean, and for whatever reason, because maybe it's just to that whole like 80s movie mentality. Whenever I see that scene, the first thing that pops into my head is the scene from Beetlejuice where um, shit, what are the Gina? What are their names? Gina Davis. Yeah. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Are first trying to scare Lydia, and so like Alec Baldwin pulls his face out, and and it, like it's that same kind of like stop motion like effect, but you know, Evil Dead had it first since you know I don't remember when Beetlejuice came out. It was like the mid eighties, late eighties, something like that. But but yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely parts in the movie that definitely you know didn't age well i mean there's also parts i mean maybe i'm wrong but with the dead where you look at you know the the possessed characters and like you know like cheryl in the basement there's times where it's like that kind of looks like a dude in makeup it's because it was okay <laughs> i mean because well if you look at i mean i know if you look at the imdb page for like the actors there's like five or six people that were actually like actors and then it's like 25 people and all it says is fake shemp yeah the fake shemp so they actually like what i mentioned before when they had um i know they had some difficulty filming and when they went back and did, did certain detail shots they had used different actors uh i know they had a couple like the necklace i forgot i have a similar necklace to the magnifying glass i was gonna wear it today and i completely forgot about it they had to do reshots they lost the necklace and had to get a replacement one at some point and spray paint it. So there's a close up where she's holding it in her hands and you can see the paint coming off on oh, her wow. fingers. Um, you know, things like that. But 
um, going back to the the, uh, the the practical effects, like I think that's what sold it for me. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's with you know with any '80s horror. I mean, with any like anything that involved you know certain effects. I mean, you definitely had to use you know the effects you could at what you had at hand. There was no CGI then. I mean, they had you know some editing effects, but yeah, if I feel like if every '80s movie used the editing effect, you know where have something crazy happen almost like the 80s quote-unquote version of cgi it would have looked like complete shit and i don't think 80s movies would have had a lasting impression but and that's where you know guys like tom savini really took it you know over the edge like you know i mean another one you know one of my favorites is friday 13th like i love the series but yeah you look at you know any of those movies especially like the first one and you know, the scene where um, where Pamela Voorhees gets her head cut off. And, you know, you look and see that, you know, she's got man hands. It's, you know, yeah, so they had to use, you know, what they could. And, and I think that's what makes those movies actually stand up better because you watch a movie nowadays, sometimes even for the simplest of things, they use CGI and just, it just looks like shit and you know and that's one of the things that just also that i loved that the remake did like they you know because fetty alvarez the director has a background in cgi like he but he wanted to keep things as you know as practical as possible and you know pay as much respect to the original and you know because even with you know you're talking about the necklace which i it's one of those weird, like, you ever watch a movie and then you watch, like, something, like, back-to-back that's in the same realm and you realize that there are, like, ties that you never really, like, would have realized unless you actually watched them back-to-back? So watching the original, and because the original put so much focus on that damn necklace, which apparently was supposed to have more of a <laughs> importance in the movie than it ended up having because it couldn't, which is why it... At the end, Ash uses it to grab the book because, like, <laughs> from what I heard, they wanted to use it to like magnify the sunlight to kill. Was, to, yeah, it was going to have something to do with the book. Yeah, yeah, to burn the book, but something didn't work out with like the effects that they wanted to use. So they're like, "Well, we put so much emphasis on this stupid necklace, so we have to use it to have it be <laughs> important." So he uses it to grab the book to throw it into the fire. Chekhov's necklace. Yeah. But um, yeah. So the same exact magnifying glass necklace is in the remake, but it's just very subtle at the end. But they use it in the same aspect of, because I forgot to pay attention, but apparently there's a point in the original where the necklace is laying in the shape of like a skull. Yeah, right before he grabs it and he's trying to get the book to throw it in the fireplace, yeah. But, and you know, they do the same thing in in the remake, but... um, but yeah, so, uh, but no, like I, I think that, like I said, the Evil Dead definitely, you know, even the sequels, I think, kind of help um, the trend of horror. I mean, because 
just thinking when you know you talked about like the whole comedy aspect i mean because what was evil dead 2 87 i believe 87 yeah so like the first one was strict horror which and then they say like the sequel is you know evil dead 2 is supposed to be technically a sequel even though in my opinion it's like a remake but there's people that are going to argue that it's not a remake it's kind of a it's a re, like a retelling of the story but so that one throws in more of the comedy aspect and if you think about it i mean because another one of the the prominent 80s horror where you know you actually had the ability to do it nightmare on elm street like the first first one was a horror true horror the second one tried to be a true horror but a lot of people find the comedy in that one but then i want to say around part four was it um there was a point where the freddy started being more of a wisecracker like throwing out these jokes and these like one-liners and stuff like that and it kind of like makes me think like because i don't know when or which one he started doing or when that movie came out but like i wonder if sam raimi actually kind of started the whole comedy and horror aspect where it was like okay we kind of need to throw some comedy in here so it's not a strict horror and kind of like you know let people relax a little bit i definitely i mean definitely think it was a, is a big influence and i think that's one of i love the the genre of horror comedy and i mean i i laugh at <laughs> horror movies that aren't necessarily comedies <laughs> i when i saw yeah. terrifier i was not I wasn't laughing at it. I was laughing like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, you're what you're watching these 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 death scenes and it's just over the top, ridiculous. Fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and you know, that's another another one. It's like, you know, had it not been for that over the top, you know, gore that um that Evil Dead had, it's like, you know, would we have movies like Terrifier? I mean yeah, because, yeah, Terrifier and Terrifier 2 are both pretty uh, over the top and not for the uh, faint of heart, I guess you could say. They're definitely some of the most gruesome movies I've seen. So, I mean, and, you know, even, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of anything like foreign, but like, yeah, like French horror. I mean, I don't, I haven't watched any recent French horror, but I mean, when I was big into like the French horror stuff, like, you know, martyrs um i mean the biggest american french horror was high tension which you know they probably should have done that one a little bit differently <laughs> i re i rewatched that recently because i remember when that came out and it, it truly scared me i think and uh it's been years I, I don't think i've seen it since it came out and i rewatched it recently and it was like you know it wasn't it i don't i don't know if it held up quite as much as i, as I was hoping it would yeah, it's been a while since I've watched High Tension, and I don't know. It's just one of those movies I just really haven't had too much of an urge to go back to. But, you know, like I said, it's like I wonder if movies like, well, if Evil Dead even, you know, inspired, you know, French horror and, you know, as extreme as it was, or if that was just kind of something on its own. But, but no, um, and like one of the things like we talked about earlier was some of the, you know, the the filming techniques, like some of the shots that the movie actually did that were like just especially for what they did, you know, um, 
tying or they put the camera onto like two by fours and you know carried it around. And I think like with the way that they did the the POV for, you know, the evil or whatever you want to call it, like that was just, you know, kind of state of the art for what it was. I mean, what are some of the you know examples that you think of like awesome shots or whatever, like scenes that just, you know, just kind of wowed you or just, you know, especially for that time where it was just something that, you know, impressed you. I think the scene for one of the scenes for me, and it's not even a particularly brutal scene at all, that just always has held me since the first time I saw it. And I still remember watching evil dead for the first time um, when they're driving up to the cabin, they've come over the bridge and they turn off, you know, you know, they turn onto that, road that's not even a road it's just a path through the woods and they're leading up to the cabin and you're hearing thump 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 and you don't know what you know you don't know what the sound is yet you're watching the car and to me it always sounded like a heartbeat and it was like in that moment that is when hey think things are going wrong it's kind of you know kind of like suggesting like the heartbeat of the woods the woods are alive the house is alive something's alive here that's happening and then of course you've got the sudden stop of that noise as soon as they get onto the porch of, of the cabin and we find out that it's the porch swing that's hitting the side of the cabin and that's what's making this noise and it just stops and that right there is you know i it, it it's still to this day i'll watch that scene and i i get i still get that original feeling of terror like you know that something bad is going to happen <laughs> so that's always stuck with me and then going back to, you know, like the final scenes where, you know, the deadites are melting down. Just what they were what they would do is, you, you know, um, you have the body parts all over the floor of the cabin. And what that actually was, there was a couple different people under the floor, under the floorboards. They cut holes in the in the floor and you'd stick your hand out or you'd stick your foot out. And there was people under there just waving their limbs to make, the, you know, to make that work. And I just the ingenuity of, of, of doing something like that. Like, Hmm, how can we get severed body parts to wiggle across the floor? <laughs> you know? And I, I just think that's a super creative way to go about getting a shot like that. And actually, I don't know if you know this, the, the base, um, the basement in the actual cabin, um, it, it didn't have one. So those shots are actually filmed in, I believe it was, uh, Robert Tappert's parents basement a lot of those shots and some were Sam Raimi's mom's garage. So, yeah. I know that, which it's funny because I like, I read that when they filmed this, the cabin that they used for, like they were allowed to use it and kind of do whatever, but they had to fix whatever, like whatever they did. And I mean, I know they built the fireplace. Like that was specifically built for the movie. And, but like, I know they cut, a hole in the floor of the cabin and dug down and put uh like a few stairs to make it look like they were going into a basement that's how they filmed that and then even like the fact that the shotgun that uh, bruce campbell uses and there's a scene where he shoots out a window he actually shot the window out with like live ammunition like and that was like <laughs> I thought it was a good idea at the time, you know, uh, as far as filming things and, and to, to doing dumb things in order to get a shot, I've been there. I, I, 
I did AV club and would do videos and stuff all throughout high school. And I know we wanted to get a shot of a car coming at the camera. So I was laying in the parking lot of the school with the camera and my friend was driving the car towards me. And, you know, we thought we were, we were being smart. It's like, oh, he's not going to get anywhere near me. Next thing you know, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Someone, you know, saw us uh, about to run me over or whatever. And, you know, we're getting screamed at. <laughs> it's all, you know, all for the filmmaking. Well, so from what I heard, the shot at the end of the movie where the, the evil or the force, whatever they call it, like is going through the woods, it goes into the cabin and out the cabin and then, you know, kind of pretty much like ends with, you know, with Bruce Campbell turn around and screaming. Apparently he had this ongoing joke and I forget how long he held this joke, but apparently the joke that maybe Sam Raimi was in on it too, like that to get that shot, they had the camera mounted on a motorcycle and, <laughs> and Sam Raimi just drove the motorcycle and it's the last shot in the movie because they actually hit Bruce Campbell and injured him. And that's why, like they said, like, that's the final shot because they knew. I know he did actually, uh, he hurt his ankle at some point during shooting. So you, you, you do, you do see him limping. Well, points. I mean, apparently a number of people got hurt while making this movie. <laughs> But no, and you were going back to like going back to what you're saying about the like the sounds and how, you know, when they drive to the cabin and you hear like the thump, 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 and you see like the swing. Like that's one of those things like where filmmaking is very effective. Like you don't need to have something fully visual to to just kind of push deep into you. I was it I I mean I'm pretty sure it was a recent episode I talked about, you know, one of the greatest modern examples of just sound and just you know the atmosphere adding is the witch uh robert eggers which but even going back to you know 80s since we're talking about you know evil dead one of the great you know movies that relied on sound just for horror because the movies it's considered a horror movie and it's honestly it's one of those movies that not a whole lot happens like there's not a lot that was visual in it but atmosphere and the sound and for being the 80s the, the fact that the movie still sticks with me is this movie called the changeling um and it's got george c scott and he's pretty much like the only actor and you know there's sounds like you know you hear you know a bouncing ball like in in the hall and stuff like that and you know and even in another recent one where like just a scene in a movie sticks with me um i went and saw the movie not even opening night it was like the night before like the thursday night show uh, this movie came out a couple of years ago called last night in soho and there's like a scene where uh anya taylor joy is singing the song downtown because the movie takes place in the 60s i think mm -hmm. and it's just her no music like nothing and just it's the whole way that edgar wright you know filmed the scene it's just beautiful but haunting and it's like so yeah like a lot of people which is like one of those things that i kind of also hate when people i mean maybe i'm just an old curmudgeon or whatever but like when people give a movie like especially a hard movie like a bad review because there's not enough brutal violence in it or there's not enough you know gore blah blah you know without understanding or even like appreciating other like 
aspects of the film that kind of just give it life. I mean, that's like, and that's, you know, I feel like is a sad thing to, you know, the people that put their time and effort into movies. Um, you know, as with, with music, uh, I mean, there's movies that I really don't care for. There's movies that, you know, like I'm, I have no interest in seeing, but, you know, I'll watch them. And a lot of times, well, maybe not always a lot, but there's times where I find, you know, something to appreciate in this movie or just like with music. Like, I'm not a fan of all kinds of music, but there's things that can be appreciated in, in it because it's somebody's art. And so they put something in there like, yeah, there's, you know, there's movies that are, I'm just going to straight out and say that they're shit, but, you know, they're like the laughable, you know, X-rate movies or whatever, you like so low, they're not even like B-rate. Um, they're just so laughable that they're good. But, you know, still in that aspect, they're so bad they're good, you know, or have like redeeming qualities. Oh, absolutely. And, and I have a special place in my heart for those kinds of horror <laughs> movies. These so bad they're good <laughs> that, you know, you, that's a very enjoyable genre for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, like a, a movie that's just like so bad, it's, well, actually it's not even like so bad, it's good, just so laughable. So years and years ago, my friend showed me this movie called Scarecrow Slayer. And it, it was like a horror movie. It was like one of those straight to the video movies or whatever. But there's a scene, and this is supposed to be a horror movie. There's a scene where the possessed evil scarecrow, I think he's, going against like Tony because Tony Todd shows up in this movie and I think the Scarecrow roundhouse kicks Tony Todd and like you just threw like a ninja move into a, a scarecrow beer. Movie? yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> but um but no like Sam Raimi like for like I said, him being really young like he definitely had you know the gift and you know the fact that he you know carried it on and you know, he kind of got out of horror for a while. I mean, you can you know, say what you want about the Spider-Man movies. The first two were pretty decent. Spider-Man 3 sucked. I don't think there's anybody who's going to say it's good. Not even Sam Raimi will say that it's good because, you know, the studio pretty much said this is what you have to do because this is... Otherwise, we're not giving you money and you're contractually, contractually obligated to do this movie. So... Um, he did Spider-Man three and still say that it sucked. I would say that's the, one of the benefits about horror, because I think continually, continuously, I mean, of course there's tropes and there's a lot of garbage that comes out of the horror genre, but overall, I think it is one of the most creative genres and the most inventive stories are coming from the genre. And you've got studios willing to take a chance on these lower budget movies not as well known like studios like 824 and we're, we're getting we're getting different stories we're getting different perspectives and i know like some people have a problem with them i personally enjoy a lot of the movies that come out from them um but I, it's it's a whole different thing i mean like the the genre of horror in itself there's there's something for everyone whether you're somebody who loves you know, you love violence or maybe you just love a ghost story or, you know, anything in between. Oh, no, I mean, I agree. I think A24 is definitely like a studio that allows for a lot of more 
independent um, style of filmmaking, whereas, you know, Blumhouse just, you know, he pretty much greenlights every movie that comes along because he's trying to, you know, in my opinion, recreate, you know, what uh, Paranormal Activity did, which, you know, helped make him a millionaire. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, horror is, you know, like, that is one of the things that's, you know, awesome. Like, as much as I love, you know, violent, like, horror, like, you know, slashers and all that, like, I think the ones, like, you know, because even being a horror fan, it's, you know, it's sometimes hard to, like, really get under your skin with something. I mean, for me, which, you know, this all comes also down, you know, possibly to belief systems and stuff like that. But, like, you know, possession movies are the ones that kind of just really get under my skin and I'm just like, especially if it's done right. I mean, and one of the best examples, I think in my opinion of that, and it's just because like the filmmaking, the acting is a uh, exorcism of Emily Rose, which is also, you know, like a courtroom drama type movie, but yeah, that movie freaks me out. Like it, you know, has always freaked me out, but I love it. Um, but now, since we're talking about Sam Raimi, though, you know, the master that he is and how he kind of kind of got away from horror for a little bit. What is your opinion of his comeback horror that, you know, has mixed opinions? Oh, Drag Me to Hell? Yes. I loved Drag Me to Hell. Um, I remember, so my friend uh, who lives down in Baltimore, we were both, uh, we're, you know, big Sam Raimi fans and we were both excited when it came out and we went out and saw it in theaters. And... Actually, I think maybe I'll rewatch that today or put it on my rewatch list because it, it's been a couple of years, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it was great. Um, you've got that that campy like Evil Dead Two feel. If, you know, it's just classic Sam Raimi. I think it's a good story. I I really loved it. Yeah, it has. It's been a couple of years, I think, too, since I've seen it. But yeah, you know, I was always one of those ones when it came out. Because I guess I know there was a lot of torn opinions because it was like, you know, when it came out, everybody's like, ah, oh, Sam Raimi's coming back to horror. Like, you know, it's going to be fantastic. And then there was people that were just like, what the fuck is this? Whereas I thought it was great because, yeah, it, it was, you know, classic Raimi. I mean, it, it had those like really creepy horror elements. But then you have like a scene where they try to put the, you know, the, the demon or whatever into a goat and then like goat just like walk around like if i remember correctly the goat talks at one point like <laughs> you got the talking goat yeah. head <laughs> but it's just like yeah so you know or you have like a, a classic you know which is it's pretty much you know attributed to Raimi for his style like you know the scene where she knocks over the the coffin with the the body and, and like all the that like bile and shit. And the embalming like, fluid yeah, pours just, like, out. Just pours out. And... But yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, awesome that he kind of also didn't like pigeonhole himself. Like he, he kind of stepped out, but it doesn't seem like he does like too much, you know, these days. I know he just did the Doctor Strange movie that came out last year. Yes. If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, because the guy who originally was on it ended up leaving and doing the black phone. And then, so they brought Sam Raimi in and I heard it's supposed to have some of that like 
Raimi-esque vibes to it. Like it's very like horror driven for a, a Marvel movie, but I haven't seen it yet. I uh, I don't really keep up too much on. I watch the Marvel movies and I enjoy them, but I'm not one of those uber like I need to go out and watch this. I need to like know everything. This that the other thing. I'll definitely, yeah, I'll watch them if somebody wants to watch them, but I definitely don't keep up with them. I've, I've seen some and enjoyed them. I think a couple of years ago, my friend had the um, Tomorrow War on, and I, I was about 30 minutes into that movie before I realized that it wasn't a Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> related movie. And I was like, wait a second, where's the raccoon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't really keep up with horror movies. Um I would watch the Spider-Man movies just for Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do enjoy the Spider-Man movies, um, well, the ones I've seen, even the newer ones. I never saw the second Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Um, but, yeah, actually, I think that's, like, the only one that I haven't seen yet. But, yeah. Um, but, no, so, I guess, uh, so, final thoughts on... Evil Dead, anything that you, you want to kind of drive home to the audience, the, you know, the handful of people that are listening and eagerly awaiting to see, you know, what what your closing thoughts would be. My on. closing yes. thoughts on Evil Dead, that if, well, if you haven't seen the Evil Dead or it's, you know, been a couple of years since you've watched it, I, I definitely go back and give it a rewatch and, you know, let Corey know what you think. Let me know what you think, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to plug your, you know, because in modern society, we all have, you know, that, that social media thing, at least, you know, most of us do. So you can definitely find Lauren, you know, like I said, either weekends at Forgotten Boardwalk, you know, go visit her to say your, you know, goodbyes to Forgotten Boardwalk. Or uh, actually, I found out too, you know, if you need flowers for something. She does flowers. So. I am a, a woman of multiple talents. <laughs> well, you see, I got to keep myself busy because if I stop, then I'll start thinking. And then, you know, <laughs> you don't want to think too hard about stuff. <laughs> That's not horror. So, but, well, Lauren, I hope you had an awesome time. Like I said, you know, first guest. So I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, barely even when I'm doing this on my own. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Hopefully you at least had fun, if, if any, you know, nothing more. Um, and if you would like to, since, you know, I know when we when we originally talked about doing this, you know, your first movie before Evil Dead, you'd wanted to do The Thing. Yes. Which, so, uh, I mean. Which I actually started watching last yeah. night. <laughs> well, if you would like to come back then in the near future and we can talk about The Thing and, you know, we don't really have to go into a, really wasn't a whole series on the things just the thing and then the the, the remake, prequel yeah, yeah the remake slash prequel it was a, pre yeah, yeah. It was a prequel <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i would love to come back um i was definitely like really stoked to do this for, uh to do this with you and uh yeah anytime you want to come i'll talk about horror anytime <laughs> awesome well i hope that you all enjoyed this episode and i hope that you know if you haven't seen it watch the evil dead which if you haven't seen it I mean, I can't really fault you because it was only like my second or third time watching it. But, you know, it's at least one to check out, even if just once. So watch The Evil Dead, watch the sequels, watch the remakes. You know, you can definitely find, well, Evil Dead isn't streaming 
anywhere right now. I don't think there, uh, it, <laughs> what did I sign up for last night when I had edibles? Uh, <laughs> I, I, oh, it was AMC plus. Yeah. Cause I was too lazy to get up and turn on my DVD yeah. player. Okay. So if you have AMC plus it's on there, uh, you can watch it there. Or you can rent on Amazon, which it might be a little bit easier for you to do than it was for me last night. Um, you can probably just click and rent. But, I mean, it's only not even 4 bucks to rent. And then you get it for a month. Or if you start watching it, you get it for 48 hours after that. So, um, definitely watch that. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your week. You know, we will definitely bring Lauren back. And please let me know what you guys thought of, you know, have any guests if there's things that you think that in the near future, you know, things that, you know, should be focused on or ways that, you know, think that they should, they should be done. And if, you know, like I said, I hope to hear from some of you and I will talk with you all again on Thursday when I talk about myself. So, all right. I hope everybody has an awesome week. Later guys.